Blog Talk Radio. States Armed Forces, men and women, and the 
true health heroes that are out there trying to save us each and every day from COVID. One, pl one political announcement, if you want to call it our PSA, is please, when you're out in public, please use, use the distance, uh, social distancing, and please wear a mask. Uh, we don't want to lose anybody from our, from our staff or anybody from our, our listeners, listeners. And we appreciate each and every one of our listeners and each and every one of our staff. Well, guys, um, we're, uh, we're one guy short tonight because uh, it happens to be the, uh, birth, the double birthday of Dr. Lance uh, Panarella and Ricky uh, Panarella. So Dr. Chris has uh, opened up the uh, vault and has taken him to the country club for dinner. So that should be interesting. There will be about 15 or 18 of them sitting there. It will probably be the only ones sitting here because it's outside. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, like where is he coming? Is he coming to Delaware? Because everything, you know, Philadelphia is under restrictions yeah. right now. So. Yeah, they're going to the. They they got a there's a tent that they put up at the Concord Country Club there at 202 and, and Route One. Oh uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, but uh, for Lance and Ricky, I know uh, Chris has got his phone on to say happy birthday to him. And so. Um, I, I, I hope that tent has generators with heater because with heaters because it's, it's a little chilly tonight. I'm just, yeah. It's a little crisp tonight up here. Yeah, we had a cold spell last uh, the last couple of days. It, it got all the way down to like seventy. And, uh, I hate you. <laughs> I despise you with a passion, sir. I despise you, know, you with a passion. <laughs> I got to tell you, you you need to buy a lottery ticket. Uh, on one of these huge lottery things, because the day after you left Fort Lauderdale, they were inundated with a, uh, almost 11 inches of rain. And it well, well, no, that's, it, that's exactly how, yeah. I, I, I read the report. That's how I scheduled. Um, so we <laughs> left. Yeah, like we left. And then we got a call from one of the people we interviewed uh, three hours after we, we left. And he was like, did you guys hit the road? And we were like, yeah. And he was like, good, because now we're getting destroyed. You guys just missed it. That was all planning. We planned to be in and out before that hurricane. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bob, uh, I know you're biting at the, chomping at the bit here to tell us about Vegas 16. Okay. Does anybody have a uh, have a uh, chest confessions for Bob? Oh, sorry, I had the mute thing on there. All right, yeah, my bad. <laughs> so good one tonight. Uh, uh, Hermanson against uh, Vittori um, for the uh, middleweight main event. Um, they've got some other ones come down that open. Saint Puro, or P I can never pronounce these guys' name. And that Jamal Hill, he's he's badass. I mean, he's he's coming in undefeated. Um, so that'll be a fantastic uh, uh, slugfest. Um, some good fights coming up tonight. Good. Um, hey, Bob, did yeah. you hear that uh, Yo Romero was released from the USC? I did not hear that. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, man, I, I read that this morning. Yo Romero was yeah. released from the UFC. Nothing has come about as to why. But, you know, obviously he's a, he's a top five guy, so that was kind of like, wow. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I also read it uh, too, Todd, and it uh, said he had three fights left on his contract, which is yeah, kind of so. interesting to me too. So I'm not sure if 
he got released or he left. I'm not. We got they, the circumstances. Well, he was summer. released from the contract, but we don't know the circumstances. And, 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 you right. know what? The one thing that that uh, he, he he's had what three shots at the title, so his road to the title was probably somewhat. Uh, you know, he probably had a stagnant road to the title at this point. And he's 43 years old. Um, we know the UFC worked with Corey Anderson um, and allowed him to to leave early. Uh, to go to Bellator, maybe they did the same thing with Yarl, but it'll be pretty interesting what news comes from that. Yeah, because Yarl's a beast. I mean, you know, shredded, yeah. a great contender. Um, you know, I was just doing some reading. Is that I mean, I'm 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 disappointed Bellator because Bellator pays out more and Bellator doesn't get as yeah. much shine as UFC. And you know, I want to I want to push people that way because. Because I mean, you, you got uh, oh, I was just looking at it today, uh, Benson Henderson. You guys got you got a lot of good talent that's left. Um, um, oh, who, who am Gegard I Mousasi. Gegard Mousasi. Dude, so many. Yeah. Um, who is uh, gosh, Mighty Mouse? Um, uh, Matt Hume's guy. Um, but yeah, uh, Demetrius. Uh, De- yeah, Demetrius Johnson, who's won one championship. Yeah, he went over yeah, to uh, Asia. So much, yeah. Yeah. so much amazing talent has went over to Bellator, and it's not yeah. getting enough uh, attention, you know. And so, um, and, and I love it from a fighter standpoint. We got we got to get those. Uh, we need that boxing money. So we need more organizations to pop up. So there's competing or uh, competing uh, uh, sponsorships and stuff, you know. And so go go Bellator. Yeah, I, I had uh, read that uh, that same article, and, and from what I saw, he was just all he kept saying was he was released, and I, I it, there has to be a business reason behind it. But, uh, well, there could be there could be actually a multitude of reasons, right? So, like one of the yeah. first things that so because Romero is forty three and he's built like a freaking stone Greek god statue, uh, a lot of people have assumed he's on steroids. So the first thing is, well, you know, he just pulled out of a fight against Uriah Hall, so maybe he got busted for steroids and he's decided to go. Or it could again be that maybe he's forty three, he doesn't have a, a a short road to the title, and he wants to maximize his earning potential in the waning years of his career. So it'll be really interesting to see what does come out with the speculation. Um, yeah. we, as of this point, we really don't know why uh, he was released, and if it, it, it could have been mutual, we don't know if it was mutual. So, it'd be interesting. And not only have guys been leaving the UFC, the UFC has been also kind of cleaning house lately. Uh, they have a crop of new guys coming in, and they, they've kind of been fading yeah. guys out. Like putting pressure on him, you know, like Anderson Silva. But then, you know, we just oh. talked about that a couple of weeks back, and, and Anderson tried to switch over to Bellator, and Bellator don't want to pick him up. You, you know what I mean? So... Um, which is everybody I, I guess, has basically said no. One one championship yeah. said no. PFL said yeah. no to Anderson Silva, and even bare knuckle boxing, um, which which shows that that even though you know they, these guys, these promotions, I, I think that's a good thing, right? Because these promotions could easily collect a paycheck off of Anderson sure. Silva, but but they know that he's he's he, he's in a very vulnerable position physically to be fighting. And none of right. these guys want to go ahead and take that chance. So I think that's a good thing that they're making more ethical decisions, at least uh, in regards to Anderson Silva. But I uh, don't know what the situation with Yoel is because Yoel, though not in his prime, is still a viable top five middleweight mm-hmm. contender. So uh, be interesting to see what happens with that. 
I think you guys hit the nail on the head, though. I think it's mutual, and, you know, he pulled out maybe an injury, and he probably wants to go maximize over a Bellator because he'll get paid more. Over yeah, there. and he's, he's had three title shots, so, he's again, he's, we're, we're looking at a couple of years before he gets another title shot. He's 43. He could go to Bellator if, that, if that's the case, get a title shot after one fight or so, and, uh, and make more money. Uh, for the winning right. years of his career, so as a business decision for he for him, it makes a lot of sense. But again, we don't know if that's what happened. Right, and you got to you know he he can cash in on it because he's chiseled, and let's be honest, that, that brings forty percent of the women back to the back to the sport. You know, sixty sixty percent are diehard fans. The other forty are like, oh, look at him. You know, because <laughs> no, no one comes and cheers. No one comes and cheers on the fat guy together. champion. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. He's forty three. He is. He's absolutely strong. Oh. And the guy can fight. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's still, yeah, he's that's still what I'm there. He's, like, yeah. you, you, again, this is only a couple times have I seen those three times I can think of where the re- UFC has released top five talent, and that was with Ryan Bader, who was a top five guy. In fact, he was probably just one fight away from fighting Daniel Cormier for the title. There was some talk about that. Kim and Cormier had a little thing at a press conference because it appeared that, that Bader would be his next fight. He was the top five guy. Corey Anderson was the top five guy. He had just lost the fight to Jan Blakovich, who is now the champion, by the way. But Corey Anderson was the top five guy. Yoel Romero is the top five guy. So we know with Corey Anderson and Ryan Bader, it was mutual. Um, Ryan Bader's contract was up. He chose not to resign. UFC didn't want to match. It was cool. Corey Anderson was allowed an early release. Again, we don't know the situation with Yaro Romero. Um, but, but again, like you said, he's 43, closer towards the end of his career. So, you know, his situation is a little different. It may be time to maximize the earning potential. But another one of your, uh, one of your favorites uh, has just gotten a, 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 a no decision because of some uh, um, suspension. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. So, so Cowboy Cerrone was given uh, uh, a no contest um, due to his last fight because and I can't. I'm brain farting the, the guy's name just right now. Um, oh, guy yeah, he positive for pot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Oh my God. Chai Lewis Perea. Barry. Vincent Luke. Is, is, he, yeah. he fought Perea. It was no. What's yeah. Perea? He fought. What's yeah. Vincent Luke? Today it was was uh, suspended for four years. No, nah, but we're talking about the guy who fought Cerrone. That wasn't today. Oh, that yeah, was like right. Vincent Luke or something. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so what's that mean to Cerrone as far as you're concerned, Bob? Well, he'll get a no contest at that. But again, it's like we were talking about Silva. I mean, I love Cerrone, and don't get me wrong, and and mm-hmm. I still think he's got a lot of fight left into him. But but age hurts, you know what I mean? And, and it starts catching yeah. up with you, you know? And, and so, I mean, he's had a lot of fights and I love his style. He'll fight anyone at any time, drop of a hat, yeah. you know, of any training camp. And, you know, that was kind of my style. I don't recommend it to anyone. I'm to all our listeners. I don't recommend that style. Uh, but, uh, but you know what I mean? So that was kind of my, my, my thing with him. And, and, uh, but yet at some point, you know, you know, we keep bringing it up as a joke. What's the what's the leading killer of men over forty? Their ego, right? So we got at some mm-hmm. at I some like point we, we we gotta we gotta realize that that you know it's like anymore. 
you know, when I was younger, I'd, I'd look at guys on TV and like, oh, I'll fight him. Oh, yeah, I'll fight him. Oh, yeah, 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 I'll fight him. Now I'm to the age where I'm like, oh, I don't even want to train with that guy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, like, Joe Romero, we're just talking about him. Like, top, oh, like I, don't even, I don't even want to play with him, man. Everything just looks like it's just going to hurt, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, and so Cerrone at some point. Now, Cerrone, I want to give him a plug. Um, I, you know, he, we reached out, he's starting like a, uh, cause he does have a, 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 a gym at his house and, and he started to put together some stuff on YouTube, um, and do like a little, uh, televised, you know, Hey, would you tune in for a buck and watch five fights a week? You know what I mean? So anybody look into that, uh, follow Cerrone on that. You know what I mean? Cause if that's going to be his retirement goal, I'm down for it. You know? Cool. Mm. Good. Yeah, and let's uh, finish up with UFC with uh, uh, Marques versus Marquez versus Patola uh, on uh, UFC uh, 258. Bob, you want to take that? No, I have to look at that one up. I wasn't prepped for that one. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, wow! I know. I know. Well, who did uh, yeah? I don't, you got to move who, back who, to the East Coast. Me- I don't know the names you hey. mentioned. Who did you mention? Is it a main event it's, or is it just an undercard yeah, it's fight? Julian uh, Marquez. Yeah, it's going to be a main event versus uh, uh, Marky uh, Patillo. P I T O L O. No, that UFC. can't be a main event. I've never heard of those guys. There's no, no way because yeah, I was main. looking because I don't even think two fifty eight uh, two fifty six. We got Figueroa against uh, Moreno. You know, yeah, and that's that, going to be yeah. It, and, and that's coming figure, out. Oh, yeah, the flyweight. And that's that's a they're both turning around on 21 days notice. Yeah. Yeah, and and because they uh, uh, Figueroa, I think he just fought too. And and dude, they, these guys are are, are badass. I mean, they're I yeah. love like, and I've said this for a long time. I mean, as a heavyweight contender, and I'd always even I fought 205 once, but uh, let's be honest, heavyweights get paid more. So I'd I'd suck it up and I'd give up, you know, up to 60 pounds. I didn't care. You know what I mean? I wanted that check. And, uh, but I would personally rather watch uh, uh, lightweight, flyweight guys and, and then women. Because women fight with, they, they still got emotion. Dudes, dudes can still get in there and not get emotional about it and just do right, their job. True. Women, women are just right. angry. They, they got scratch. so much they anger in there. Yeah, they scratch. Yeah, they, they, they stop. They, they're, like, they're like the Energizer Bunny. It's just all emotion just dumping yeah. out. You can just see it. Much you know? higher so, fight. Yeah, and so and I'd rather watch, you know, these guys fight at, you know, exchanging 115 shots around versus seven, you, you know, like the heavyweight. But but whatever, you know. Yeah, fantastic stuff coming up on those guys. Good. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, Ty, we had uh, Billy Joe Saunders, who everybody was uh, figuring what the hell's going on there. Uh, finally got another win uh, on uh, Thursday night. Anything on that? Yeah, Martin Murray, I, I watched the fight. Martin Murray, uh, it, it, the fight actually happened yesterday. It was yesterday afternoon um, from yeah. the U.K., so it was an early fight. But Martin Murray, uh, you know, he's 38 years old. He's, he's kind of to the point of diminishing returns. Um, this is, with, what, fourth or fifth shot at a title. Uh, arguably, he, he could have been crowned champion in three of the previous uh, occasions, but you know, he just came up short on the scorecards. This is a fight he wasn't really competitive in, and we didn't expect him to be, not at this stage in his career. He and Billy Joe Saunders were actually having a little bit of beef over there in the U.K., and they were supposed to fight a couple years ago. It would have been a better fight, but Billy Joe would have been a heavy favorite. Now, at, at, at 38 years old, 
Um, the fact that he lasted the distance because of the type of fighter Billy Joe is. Billy Joe dominated the fight, but he never stepped on the gas in a manner to take Martin Murray out. He did punish him, though. He beat him up. Um, and Murray's tough. Remember, Murray went 11 rounds with Golovkin when Golovkin was killing everybody. So Murray's a tough guy. And, you know, he lasted the distance, which was what we thought, but the fight looked exactly how we thought. Billy Joe Saunders was just too good, too young, too fresh, too everything for Martin Murray at this stage of Martin Murray's career. In fact, Martin Murray in his prime would still be a pretty sizable underdog to, to Billy Joe Saunders, let alone at 38. So, you know, Billy Joe went and did what he had to do. He got a win. He didn't look bad. Um, and, you know, he keeps himself in a position for a potential, you know, Canelo Alvarez sweepstakes down the road. Yeah, okay. Um, the, uh, I guess I kind of get screwed up with uh, with days this week because the Sunday game with the, with the uh, Steelers was played on uh, Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday. Yeah, that kind of yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. Thursday night football, which is supposed to be Wednesday night football, didn't return until. Oh, that uh, would mess you up. Yeah, that would mess you up. <laughs> no wonder I'm you thought Thursday was Friday because you yeah. thought you were watching Thursday night football on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so funny, though, because I, like, my, unless we have something scheduled, right, my, my day, I only know the dates of the week by fight, by what's happening mm-hmm. Saturday night. That's how I know my mm-hmm. dates of the week. If, but I don't, if there's no fight on Saturday, like when COVID hit, Man, I was all screwed up. I was like, in the day Tuesday, I was like, no, it's Sunday, dude. It's like I was all screwed up. So, I get it. <laughs> yeah, there's a, uh, there is a, a definitely a, a scheduling problem with the uh, with television. Uh, I mean, it's much much more important to see the uh, lighting of the tree in Rockefeller Square than it was to watch a damn good football game. Although I think well, uh, then I gotta you know, I, but you. You you get a little bit more slack too, Butch, because with the way the Eagles are playing, you know who remembers Sundays right now, right? <laughs> that's the day. That's the day I, I put my head under the covers. The only the only proud thing I have going for me right now is I want to say uh, I love uh, Brian Kelly. He can stay another year. Last year I won the fire, but now that we're kind of now, I love Brian Kelly, and it looks like we're going to one of the big national bowls. Uh, and I'm hoping, uh, yeah, I'm on the uh, Outback Committee Bowl here in uh, um, in Tampa, and I'm trying to, my damnedest to get them here. So, uh, oh, that's awesome. But uh, but, but essentially, yeah. what you're saying is you're done talking professional football for this year. Damn <laughs> straight, I'm done. Yeah. When, <laughs> when Washington can be in the first place. Where is Tony Thompson when we need him? Where is Tony Thompson when we need him? Boy, oh boy, this this would be funny. This would be funny. But then again, nobody really has reason to brag in that division. But that would be oh. funny. <laughs> yeah, the funniest thing is that uh, Mike uh, Simzak's wife is a uh, rabbit, uh, um, not, not Redskin fans anymore, Washington football fan. And uh, we had her on the other night, and she was just gloating for being in first place. They're going to go to the Super Bowl now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> really is first place by default. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. But they, but actually, you know, honestly, they're, they're, to me, they're playing the best football in the division. They just have such a, a, a tough yeah. schedule going ahead. You know, yeah. You yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, um, it's been a, a – I guess it's, he's been off about a year since his accident, but Earl uh, 
Spence is fighting tonight, and he's fighting a, a very tough fight uh, with uh, Danny Garcia. Um, what's your thoughts on that one, Z? Um, I've, I've actually been uh, part of this week spending time looking at previous fights from both fighters. And there are two things that come from that 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 uh, that I take from this fight. The first thing is this: Spence is a high volume guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. But what Spence likes doing, Spence doesn't mind stepping back using range at times during his rise. He also doesn't mind stepping in using you know inside fighting with his volume at times. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a, he, he he will fight In that mid-range for the most part though Just because that's kind of What he does He doesn't always want to get close to you and he doesn't, But he always wants you within You know his shots mm-hmm. But he's a high volume guy Pretty good reflexes um, Danny Garcia Is not quite Doesn't have quite the reflexes That Spence has um, not quite the volume Spence has, but Danny will work. Uh, mm-hmm. da- and Danny, he, he, I can see he does good against Southpaws for the most part. Um, he had, he throws tremendous array of right hand that mm-hmm. I would see Spence have problems eluding, um, mm-hmm. or, or my fault, you, you know, being elusive to it. Um, I, I watched him you know, against Zab Judah. Danny consistently changed his right up, looped it, threw it straight. At time, I mean, he went to the body a lot with it. Uh, then he started coming with his left hook. And Zab Judah, even at the time, he was older, but he's a little more defensively astute than Al Spence is now. Mm-hmm. Um, Good observation. Really, Good observation and, and, on that. And, and Danny was able to really connect you know, at a very good percentage with hard shots on him. Um, with that said, Spence is longer, and and, and not saying because that Judah actually has to reach on Danny. Uh, Danny he has a short reach; he's like a sixty-nine inch reach, and Zab Judah was like a seventy-two. I think Spence is like what a seventy-four or something. I'm not sure, but um, he, he he's going to have to reach on Danny. With that said, mm-hmm. it's not a matter of that. Um, I think it's going to be a matter of can Spence eat Danny's punch, to mm-hmm. be honest. He's going to outwork Danny, and mm-hmm. his work is going to be damaging. Don't give it to mm-hmm. me. I, I can see Danny really being hurt with you know some body shots if Spence is willing. Because Spence is going to hit Danny. The problem is Danny is going to hit Spence probably in a minute mm-hmm. of Spence trying to do something. Mm-hmm. And And... That is, the, I mean, if Spence can eat a shot and keep coming, Danny's going to be in for a bad night, a really, really bad night. But Spence is offensive-minded, period. He, his, his reaction, his defense is basically he'll throw a high guard up and react, but he, he's really in shape to throw a whole bunch of punches, and he has a very good arsenal of punches. He can throw hooks, uppercuts, I mean, from from because he has a tremendous right hook as a southpaw. He's a tremendous right hook. Thing is, he's very stiff. He does not change levels, and he's not a punch slipper. He's try, He's either going to try to catch your shots and shoot, 
or he's just going to put his guard up for the most part and get hit wherever. Um, or he'll just get hit in the middle of what he's doing. You have to be careful of doing that against a guy like Dan. I mean, Danny, I mean, he, he, he has power enough. He has power enough. Um, the only thing is, if Danny, he's going to need to do that consistently. Because I think one punch on Spence, I mean, it can change the fight. I, I Don't get it wrong. I think Danny does have that power. Maybe not to put Spence, you know, lights out. Maybe he does. But he has the power to definitely change the fight. We also have to think about that with that car accident done to Spence. Mm-hmm. Um, you, fighters have fights that took less off of them. I mean, it looked like, you know, appears to take less off of them, and they weren't the same off of fights. It looked like, I mean, Spence was through a horrific, and the recovery is that could amount to to a very, very hard, difficult fight that just took the rest of your career from you. Who never, who knows how he's going to react to that? So I mean, both guys, you know, have avenues to win, but we'll see. Okay, Ty. Well, first thing is, is I'm going to key on a couple things Zito said, who I thought, you know, gave a, a very excellent breakdown of the fight, and um, basically what he was saying is, you know, a lot of the things I agreed with, but there are a few things I'm going to key on. Um, first is the accident. Uh, we don't know how that affected Spence, so we don't know how the punches are going to affect him. What I do know is Spence entered camp lighter than he typically has. He entered camp, I think he said, in the, in the low 160s. He's typically 190. So on the surface, that's good. He's in better shape, but that's not what happened. He was in a tremendous car accident. He was laid up in a hospital bed for a long time. And any of us that have worked out, then whether we just chose to be couch potatoes or what have you, we stop working out, we lose a lot of muscle. We lose a lot of muscle. So I don't attribute him being, coming into camp. In fact, I, I know he's not coming into camp at the lighter weight because he was watching his diet. He came into camp at a lighter weight because he lost a lot of muscle laying in the hospital bed. I saw his body. I saw what he looked like when he first entered camp started training. He just wasn't as big. He lost a lot of muscle. So mm-hmm. with that being said, and having a tough fight against a world-class operator, I don't know how he's going to react. So that's the big question mark. Uh, one of the things Zito said, he talked about Spence, you know, being longer than than, uh, than, uh, than Danny Garcia and also fighting at range, fighting at all three ranges. Spence is pretty adept at fighting all, at all three ranges. What I noticed is when Spence fought Mikey Garcia, he stayed at that long range because Mikey couldn't close distance. He chose not to really fight too much in the middle range. He stayed at the long range, was step in the middle range, step back if Mikey stepped forward to reestablish long range. Um, um, one of the things Lido said about Spence that I, I he, he said it and I agree with it to a certain extent, but then he brought up another point, and that's why I don't agree with the first point 100%. He says Spence has, has good reflexes. He does. He has, he has really good reflexes. He's a young, athletic dude. Um, don't know if the reflexes are going to be dulled because of car accident, yada, yada, layoff. I think why I slightly disagree is I think Spence has good reflexes, but not defensively. I think he doesn't have great defensive eyes, meaning that he gets hit a lot because he's not necessarily seeing the shots. And I don't think he's as reactively or reflexively on defense as he is 
offensively are just fast twitch. I, I, I don't think he, he, he sees the shot as well as, as some other fighters of that level. Um, Zito talked about, you know, Spence getting hit a lot. Um, you know, Spence has always reminded me of another Lone Star fighter, specifically the Lone Star Cobra, Donald Curry. Spence reminds me a lot of Donald Curry. Um, and I remember Donald Curry's fight against Mike McCallum. I keep thinking about that. I've been thinking about that all week. I've been thinking about that all week. You know, I mean, you know, we're talking about two, you know, a Hall of Famer and a Hall of Fame level guy. Two, these guys are Hall of Fame level guys, right? And they're, they're going at it. And Curry is winning the fight. It's a good fight. Curry is winning the fight. Mike McCallum's doing his work, but he's a step behind. Uh, but, you know, Curry was another one who liked to stay in the pocket a little longer and not necessarily mm-hmm. see some of the things he should have saw. You know what I mean? For a fighter with such elite offensive gifts, defensively, he just didn't always see the shots you would think he would see with those gifts, kind of like Spence. And he got knocked out cold. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and he, and you know, he got knocked out. He was throwing his punches, stayed in there a little too long, went to pull out. Mike stepped with him, bang, caught him a left hook, knocked him out cold. I've been thinking about that fight a lot lately. I'm not so quick to, you know what? If I have to make a prediction, if you guys had a gun to my head right now, I would predict Danny Garcia, specifically because I don't know what the car accident did to Errol Spence. I know it took some muscle from him. I know he had to recover and rebuild. So. Until I see him perform at the highest level, I have serious question marks. I know what I'm getting with Danny. Danny's problem is Danny can do everything well, does nothing great. Danny's problem is his problem is his strength. Danny fights within himself. He doesn't do anything he really can't do or shouldn't be doing. He fights within himself. He doesn't have the fastest feet. He doesn't have the quickest hands. He has the pterodactyl reach, like Cito said. But he has great timing. He has good power, especially if he lands his money shots. And so he fights to that. Keith Thurman said two things he said about Danny Garcia. He said, Danny Garcia is the hardest puncher I've been in the ring with. And he also said, Danny Garcia is a guy who, who, who he said, I've never fought a guy who waited so much to throw the, the punches he wanted to throw. You know what I mean? Danny Garcia, he, he, he fights within himself. And he's a guy who can take a shot. He's tough. He's going to be there for 12. Spence is not going to stop him not something I see. You don't stop Danny Garcia. In fact, you don't even blow out Danny Garcia. There are fights Danny Garcia has been given that I thought he's lost. I thought he lost to Peterson. I thought he lost to Rare. Rare. But Danny Garcia is never... I mean, they're always close. You just don't blow out Danny Garcia. Spence, before the accident, wasn't going to blow out Danny Garcia. I predicted him to win, but it would have been a tough, grueling fight, and Spence would have won clearly. I think he would have won more clearly than he did against Sean Porter. Sean Porter's style is the style that I thought would give Errol Spence the most trouble. Not necessarily the fighter, just the style. He's the guy who could push Spence back, make Spence have to. Sean Porter's style gives anybody trouble. That's just what it is. You know what I mean? Um, so I thought Danny would be an easier style matchup for him, but I still thought it'd be a growing fight. Now with the car accident, I've been thinking about Mike McCallum and Donald Curry because I knew, I knew Danny Garcia was always going to hit Spence. Vito just said it. Vito just, Vito just said, you know, Zab Judah's more defensively aware than Spence. So if it was a video game on defensive awareness, that would be, to me, Spence's. That's where you turn the meter down low and bring it down. He doesn't have the highest defensive awareness for an elite-level fighter. 
and he's just coming off that accident, and you're dealing with a guy who Keith Thurman says, to a fault, waits for his shot. Danny Garcia doesn't work a lot because he's waiting for the right shots. I think he's going to catch Spence with the right shot. The reason why I favor Danny Garcia is because what Zito said. We all know he's going to catch Spence. Zito said it comes down to whether Spence can take the shot. Before the accident, I would have predicted that he would have backed Spence off. Kel Brook backed Spence off. He hit Spence with a right. Spence like, okay, I need to be long distance for a little bit to get a little bit more worn down. So mm-hmm. I knew he was going to back Spence off and make Spence start in certain points to fight like the Mikey Garcia fight. The question I have now is whether Spence gets backed off or knocked out. Don't think he would just be knocked out with one punch, but I could see Danny Garcia making it happen. So right now I'm leaning towards Garcia, and it's specifically because I don't know if he's going to take the shot that he would have taken before the accident. The problem is I know he's still going to get caught with the shot. Mm-hmm. What, what gives Danny Garcia trouble is fast is, is outside footwork. If you, I'm here yep. when you're not there, um, yep. we've seen three fighters like get get ahead on the cards doing that. We've seen Peterson get ahead on the cards. Or, I mean, and I watched that fight. It was closer than it, it was closer, but it, to me, it seemed like Peterson. You know, he got a, a, a little lead early, but he was very successful moving his feet, using his jab, stick, and moving. Yeah, Danny can't find German, He can't find you. That's what Keith. Yeah, yeah, Keith, 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 Keith he could find yeah, Keith. Exactly. Keith allowed himself to be found. Found. Danny can't yeah, find. Yeah, you. He doesn't have the feet to and, find and, you. <laughs> and Keith. And Keith. Keith did the smartest thing that you probably could do. He went out, and the first thing he did, he punched Danny Garcia as hard as he could in the face. He used his speed he spit like a to top. get at Danny. And, and 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 from then on, he said, "Okay, I I, I have the respect to go ahead and." use my space to go in and make this a point match to a certain extent. Yeah. Yep. And, and if you notice, everybody's talking, you know, Sean Porter, he's going to go, we go, it's going to be interesting to see if he's going to be grinding and how he's going to run into Danny Garcia like that. And Sean Porter came out there and used outside boxing to get a lead on Danny Garcia. Yo, my you, is, is it me Mixed Zito, it or did Sean Porter essentially fight the same exact fight that Lamont Peterson fought? He came out early, made Danny Garcia chase, and then he stepped inside and pushed it back. Like, it was the same <laughs> blueprint, basically, I thought. Uh, exactly. And that's and really, that's and when you get to all three guys, Peterson's long. And, yeah. and, and Thurman and Porter have fast feet. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, Porter, you, you see Porter pushing on guys. The guy, he gets in and to get the push on guys because he has fast feet to get in. So, of course, he's going to have fast feet, you know, if he's going to train a certain way. The, to, guys, you know, who to dance around. the guys who are not there. That's what that, you're saying. And, and, and that's and, why Herrera and, gave him trouble. That's why Herrera, and, and Herrera gave him yeah. trouble. Herrera gave, Herrera gave him trouble because Herrera was – he wasn't there, but he was everywhere to a certain extent with Danny. That's Herrera. Herrera was working yeah. his jab up and down. He, he was just kind of working around Danny. And Danny was flinging a lot and missing. Um Spence's feet aren't like that, but if Spence could, if Spence could establish respect with his outside, like like to where Danny's like, I don't want to step into that. Because what, what scares me a little bit is that Keith did. <laughs> Keith, I mean, for the first four rounds, Danny was chasing and wasn't really even interested in throwing. 
Okay, so with with that. That. that man got that man it, spun it, it, in the air like a top and landed on his feet. No, he didn't want to get hit with that again. Exactly. So Keith, to me, he's he's the one who can say this guy waited all day to you know he did, waited so long to try to land a punch because he was he made, made to to a, yeah he was made to. Errol Spence doesn't crack like Keith. Not not shot for shot. <laughs> not, no, no, especially when Keith is like Keith came forward and I think he made Keith, a double yeah. jab and, and threw the right. Jab, jab, when, right. Keith on his foot, when Keith is on his front foot, he, he, he is probably the hardest puncher in the division outside of him and Kel Brook. You know, when they're on their front foot, they are the hardest punchers in the division. You know, yeah, I agree with you. And I was surprised Danny took it that way. I mean, Danny's tough. I mean, but I was surprised Danny took it that way. Um, yeah. For Spence to beat Danny is going to be an accumulation type thing. And for, for yeah. him to lay that accumulation, he's going to be taking – Several uh, uh, hard shots, and if Danny gets yep. into a rhythm with, oh, with, with those hard shots, or, or start seeing certain openings, going to start sinking in. And I mean, I don't think I, I'm not going to advise any welterweight to let Danny start sinking in on. Uh, it's as simple <laughs> as that. And you know what I'm going to say, Zito? Danny's going in as a as an underdog, and yeah, uh, you know there there, there were but, a couple times in Danny's career. And I'm glad that we're really analyzing this fight. Um, there were a couple times in Danny's career when he went in as an underdog. Two specific times I'm going to mention. Keith uh, Amir Khan, mm-hmm. he was pretty pretty sizable underdog there. And Lucas mm-hmm. Matisse, he was Lucas a sizable underdog there. And let me mm-hmm. tell you, the one thing that both of those guys have in common, because they don't have anything in common to a certain extent, except fighting at the same weight. But the one thing that Lucas Matisse and and Amir Khan have in common, and they only have it in common for a moment because Amir Khan is so flighty, but mm-hmm. what they have in common for that moment is they have a tendency to be there. Lucas Matisse <laughs> is a methodical pressure fighter who lands hard punches. He's there to get hit. Amir Khan is a fast, flighty guy who makes tremendous mistakes and was there to get hit. He. Well, I remember this, when he when uh-huh. he got knocked out with Danny Garcia, it was like he he landed a couple punches and then he was just throwing and he wasn't even landing. He was just throwing. And he got caught. Lucas Matisse was just there. Errol Spence is another one who tends to be there. After the accident, I keep thinking Mike McCallum, Donald Curry. We'll see. Gito, I'm glad we talked about this fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, another fight that uh, is coming up uh, very shortly is uh, uh, Caleb Smith with uh, uh, Canelo Alvarez on the 19th yeah. of December. <laughs> What's your thoughts on that one? Oh, me? Oh, uh, yeah. it, it, it's a uh, fight where I favor Canelo, but, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Canelo lost on the card. Mm. I, I, I well, wouldn't be. But, I would always well, I mean, be surprised if he lost on well, the cards. Well, he got well, a draw not, against not Floyd say, Mayweather. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> not, well, I, yeah, that, but I mean, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he he didn't. In my eyes, he didn't win win a decision, and that's because um, he he's going to have to work. He's going to have to work. The problem is. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Can, Canelo, how, how big is Canelo? 
at this point because Kevin, I mean, you're dealing with, I mean, the guy is 160. I mean, yeah, he's one. Smith is 168, and he's big for 168. He's not a little guy he's for 164. He's six four. Canelo he's is six. 168 because he's heavily because of his body structure. He's not rangy at all. He's five eight, five eight and a half. I mean, and, and as good as his timing is, Smith is not. It, to, to me, he's not past it or shot at all. So I think Canelo, like Canelo's going to have to work to get there. Smith is going to have to make, and he's capable of, he does at times, but, I mean, you're coming into a fight against a guy like Canelo, you're going to, for the most part, try to limit your mistakes. Now, habits are habits, and fighters tend to fall into, you know, old habits, good and bad, but, I think you discipline yourself. I think Smith is capable of disciplining himself into not sitting up there and trying to trade those last two or three punches with his feet sitting still with Canelo. I think he's maybe disciplined enough to back his feet away for the most part against Canelo and use his range, use his length, use his height to, you know, he's going to get hit in the body, but use his height to at least, you know, not make that a combination that's going to put him to sleep or, or, or wobble him. Um, Smith is tough, so I don't think Canelo's just going to, you know, bang, bang, put him down. But Smith, as I said, his only problem is he will be there. He, I mean, he, and his, his, habit, his habits, you know, come come to form, he, he, he may be there a little too long, and, I mean, that's where the damage is going to be. Now, I don't know, as I say, I think that Smith is capable, and if he's capable enough like I think he, he, he is, that he could discipline himself into really, really frustrating Canelo. And Alan Canelo, you know, it's sort of almost what Danny Jacobs did, except for with a little more fight involved. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, Bob, uh, earlier in the show you had talked about the uh, the girls in, uh, in MMA, and one of the uh, rising stars that uh, really puts a, a package together is uh, Cla- Cla- excuse me, Clarissa Shields. Can you tell our audience anything about her? Yeah, well, Clarissa Shields coming from a boxing background. You know, going back and forth, um, which makes her amazing. You know, she's coming off a boxing win. Uh, She's doing really good. Um, But, yeah, and, and, you know, know, she's claiming to be the GOAT. You know, she wants to be the GOAT. I mean, she's she's killing it. So, um, Clarissa's doing really well. And anybody that can go, I mean, like – we had Holly Holm come over from uh, boxing and kickboxing and, and, and do really well and, and take off uh, and, uh, Ronda Rousey. So, you know, boxing, they've got some serious uh, hand skill, and she's doing really good going back and forth. And, and I think she's out of, I want to say England, or am I wrong with that? Um, no, Clarissa but, Shields is here in the state, yeah. Okay, yeah. so she's American. Okay, yeah, but, but yeah, she's doing really good. Okay, she fights a lot. She boxes over it now. Okay, that's not bad. Um, but yeah, so she goes over to uh, uh, London and does some boxing and stuff too. But she's doing really good. Um, another thing that you know I want to bring up tonight. Well, you you mentioned the as far as the UFC goes, is the girls for tonight. Um, just hours ago, and I missed this. Uh, UFC tonight is down to uh, uh, eight fights versus eleven. We lost the only female fight. Uh, three oh. fights. Three mm. fights. COVID tonight. Um, it was De La Rosa fighting too. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I was looking forward to that fight. Uh. Yeah. But someone in De La Rosa's camp came up positive. 
Um, oh, so that was and uh, two other fights as well. Mm-hmm. So Clarissa okay. Shields is signed with with uh, PFL. And, yeah, and so PFL. Yeah, so PFL, what they're known for is the million-dollar payday. So she plans on competing at lightweight, which is 155, uh, which is, you know, the same weight that Kayla Harrison, PFL's reigning 155 champion, and, and she's, she's, she's held. But, so, you know, we got to see how Clarissa does. She's undefeated in boxing, obviously. Um, what I like about Holly Holm, Holly Holm was, she, Holly Holm was a boxer, but she also had the kickboxing background. Right. Um, Clarissa Shields, the biggest difference is that she doesn't have the kickboxing background, but Clarissa Shields is only 23, so she's a lot younger. So, so she's got time to develop, but she's got a lot she has to develop, and she's not looking to fight MMA full time. She said she wants to be champ in both and defend both titles. She's going to be doing both. She's going to be doing some one-offs for PFL. So she's boxing, defending her titles as a as as a you know, fly champion. But she's going to be taking fights here and there for PFL. So let me say this: one thing we know, Nate Robinson had to learn it the hard way. You don't play oh, boxing. You don't play you don't boxing. Play boxing. <laughs> and and you know what? That. You don't play. You don't play MMA either. You can play you football. Play you can play basketball. You can play golf. You can play a little tennis. I used to love playing tennis, man. Football. I used to love playing those things. Then I walked into a gym and I said, "Shit, this ain't play." You don't play combat sports. You don't play combat sports. And if you're trying to do it at the highest level, it damn sure better be something really dedicate yourself to. There is a reason why, as good as Bo Jackson was, he only had a short window because you can't do both. You can't serve two masters on the elite level. I'm sorry. So I think what's going to happen is go to PFL. And kind of like, I'm going to tell you another undefeated fighter who was doing one-offs. Remember Heather the Heat Hardy from New York? Heather Hardy, the blonde, undefeated boxer? Well, she went over to Bellator. She had a fight. She won. Then she went over to Bellator. She got kicked in her nose, broken her nose, and then she got taken down and her face smashed in. It's hard to serve two masters. So the jury is really out on Clarissa because there is a huge learning curve. You know, She's got hands, but what happens when somebody takes her down? What happens when somebody kicks her? That's the, I know if you got hands and me and you are sparring, the first thing I'm doing is, is, is kicking you in a high shin and a high knee. I'm taking your leg out. That's, so there's a. It's going to be really interesting to see how she develops. I think personally, if she doesn't kind of dedicate herself to MMA, I think she's going to eventually get humbled. I really do. I think that comes down. I think you're spot on. You know, but I think it comes down to the coach too, because if, if you got a boxing True. coach that teaches you to, to be real heavy on that front leg, and you're going yeah. back and forth in between boxing and MMA, that's kind of the wrong stance. But if you can yeah. go in 50-50, you know what I mean. And I've seen a lot of boxing and MMA people transfer back and forth with that different stance, and you know, a little wider, a little more comfortable, ready to squat, ready to kick. Yeah. You know, but so it really comes down to that. But, like, the big question I want to know from everybody tonight, like, we got 10 minutes left. Are we even going to bring up Tyson and, and Roy Jones Jr.? Is that going to happen? Oh, wow. Yes. That <laughs> yeah, was, did you watch it? it? Did you watch it? That was actually yes, like, I did. I watched I, it. I thought Max Kellerman stated it best. He was like, that is the best version of what could happen. 
it was it was an entertaining enough event, and uh, and nobody got hurt. You know what I mean? Whoa, I, I enjoyed okay. myself. I disagree. Well, nobody I except disagree. Nate Robinson. <laughs> did you did you come flipping back and forth? We had people over. Did you see Roy holding his body after that? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he was hurting so bad. I mean, because they had the no knockout rule, so I think Tyson wanted to try to put him down with body shots, and we just, they were both pulling their head shots. I mean, Roy Jones definitely yeah. outboxed Tyson. I mean, you're gonna as a heavyweight, he's got better skill. But Tyson beat his body, and even the the post fight interview, he's standing there, he's cocked to one Everything side, holding his yeah. Like, yeah, he's like, no one knows how hard this guy hits. Oh my God! It was amazing. You know what? It's, it's funny because we, we, you know, everybody on this call has has put on some gloves and changed, exchanged punches with people, right? And so mm-hmm. when you've had those experiences, you can watch a fight and you can see subtle things that the average person who hasn't been in that in that soft scene, right? So literally, it's a two minute round. About thirty five seconds goes by, and I said, "Oh, Roy's Gary tried to survive for eight rounds. He's done fighting. He's not trying to fight Tyson. He's gonna he's gonna juke and jive and try to survive, but he is done. Like I saw it in his face, I saw it in his body language. I said, Roy, like I, Roy was yeah, his eyes. Roy instantly within thirty five seconds, he was like, if I try to fight this guy, he is going to knock me out. I juke and jive, survive, and we have a good show." That, that was really that, that's what made it funny to me. It was entertaining. Oh well, that yeah. Nate Robinson. <laughs> well, 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 and here, here's my thing. Um, Roy, Roy, and within that first 35 seconds, Roy's mouth was open. He was gasping for air. Roy was 210 pounds. Yeah. And did you, and did you see where the 210 was at? <laughs> he was holding. And I was going to say he was holding his body afterward. Should have been holding it before. Because, I mean, I mean, he he said forget training and muscle. He said we're just yeah, gonna, we're just gonna. I read I, I read an article the the next day, and the, the headline for the article was punch drunk. P a u n c h. I thought that was so funny because they were talking about Roy Jones. I thought that was hysterical. Punch drunk. Yeah, and the thing is this, and here's here's what I got from it. Tyson, look. Pretty sharp. I mean, he didn't look, you know, like perform Tyson Prime. He looked sharp. He looked sharper than than I really expected him to. He looked Roy looked a lot more shot. Roy Jones, yeah. even his whole fighting form, looked a lot more shot. He still was able to navigate, and I think that was a lot was because Tyson was letting him. Tyson was Tyson was he, yeah, was, he was letting punches go. He wasn't trying to really. Take Roy out. Tyson was trying to work for eight rounds, two minute rounds. Yeah, Tyson was Tyson, um, Tyson was carrying him. He was, and he said yeah, Tyson do the rounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyson, he was he was working. Um, but here's one thing, and I hate to disagree with you, Bob, but uh, Roy Jones didn't outbox Tyson. I don't think. Uh, Roy, you don't Roy, think? No, no. I mean, no, not at all. From the out, he did better. For he edged the outside by like the outside boxing by a little bit, but I mean, as far as boxing, you could like and, and I, I said before with boxing, people like if you get inside, people mistake that for slugging, and like you have to know how to box on the inside to be effective on the inside. Skin to skin with a person in the land effect of punches, that's a hard that's harder than really 
you know, landing an outside punch. You can really see what you're doing. You have to feel a lot on the inside. You have Especially to you have every to little nudge. You have to close yeah, the distance we're, we're, and avoid shots, too, you know? So, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going over that with that, that new class I'm doing, but it's all about, you know, you're, you're jabbing across from distance and actually be, be able to get in there and use those. Now, yeah. granted, you know, I, I'll agree, Z, because Tyson, you can't outbox Tyson on the inside. That, that's, where he, that's where he lives. That's his home. Right. You know, you, you're too yeah. good for your home. So, you know, I was just going off of point totals that they gave at the end of the thing. They gave, you know, Jones Jr. more, I think, more shots or more, you know, because he got those jabs and crosses in at distance. But no one's going to beat Tyson on close. But Tyson, you can see he was pulling those head shots. He wasn't going <laughs> for that uh, that body uppercut head shot. No, God, his thank God little, he was. No, he was, right, no. Right, he was right, there. Right. He was there. He was just he was just throwing those body shots. You know what I mean? Because he was a, you know, because that's Tyson. Everyone, you know, Tyson come in and he worked that body. He make you cover, and then he brings you up yeah. with that that uppercut, and then yeah. that's where he mm-hmm. gets the damage. You know what I mean? So he was just working the body. So you're right. I agree. I agree. But 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 um, Jones. I mean, he took a beating. I mean, Tyson was yeah, just working did. that body. You I mean, know, really and Tyson did, looked sharp. Yeah. 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 I mean, I give I give Jones credit, you know, and I, I love Tyson for Tyson says he's going to donate everything uh, to uh, to charity and stuff that he made mm-hmm. above his little payday, which is cool. But then you've got the internet chatter now; they're trying to do the like who was it, Buster Douglas or one of the guys is saying oh, they're going to yeah, come Buster back. Buster Douglas no, yeah. stepped up and held the field. Yeah, my goodness. Yeah, but but moving forward, um, big guy. Yeah, now, nah, but moving forward, Tyson, uh, he's talking about he, he would try to compete. He might, he might move, go forward, and try to compete uh, with the heavyweights. And all, you know, like no, nine-day heavyweights. No. And my suggestion is this: um, boxing is not going to be as kind to Mike Tyson as they are as the MMA has been to Anderson Silva and tell him now. Uh, Tyson right. doesn't need to see any of the top twenty-five heavyweights. Probably hey, you not know what? You're right. 50. Boxing's not going to be as kind. You know that pay-per-view did over a million buys. Oh, yeah. It's oh, not going to be as kind. Yeah. Nope. So, nope. so Tyson, nope. let, let Tyson even, you know how money goes in, in, in heavyweights. Tyson says, you know, talking about this, this he's fighting somebody like Anthony Joshua or somebody. No. You know, Anthony did what they shouldn't. But money, money's crazy. G? What about a Triple G uh, matchup? I, I'd pay for that. <laughs> All you'd have to do is imagine Roy Jones. The Roy Jones that Mike Tyson just fought in a ring with Eddie weight in their prime. You know, yeah. they decapitated him. Now, Tyson chose not to decapitate him. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is, is, it's easy. Like, things are really easy to see in a vacuum, right? Like, Tyson looks yeah. great. He looks great. Well, he looked great partying because he was fighting Roy Jones, who looks Oh, shit. yes, that's why. That's why <laughs> most of the reasons. Well, like, but I knew Roy was going I mean, in there just in there with a, a guy who's who's a killer and, and you're not at that point where you have the condition. I've, I've been there. I've done it myself. Oh, man, I don't have energy to keep up with this guy. I got to grab him. You know, to just hold I got to throw quick punches. And hold, like, Roy was backing up, just throwing combinations. The crowd would cheer. Nothing was landed. He was just throwing Nothing. it to distract Tyson so he didn't get killed. I've done all of that. That's why I wrecked in 35 seconds. I was like, oh, shit, he looks like me. <laughs> that, that's me. That's my life after 45. Can we just hug it out? Just hug it out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it's like Z said earlier, Tyson, you know, uh, Jones came in at, at what, 210, and Tyson came at 220. But the thing is, yeah. fight day, 
Tyson came walking back in at like 2.30. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Jones probably didn't cut anything to get in there. You know, he was trying to probably bulk up. Not only Tyson weigh more, but look at his weight as opposed to Roy's weight. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He had more functional weight, too. Yeah. Significantly more functional weight. <laughs> Definitely for boxing. Oh, yep. I just felt bad yep. for him. Because he's trying to talk. I've been there, man. You, you're, trying, you're, you're trying to keep your composure. You're trying to talk to the camera, but your ribs hurt. Every breath hurts. You don't want to. You don't want to talk to anybody. You just want to go lay down, but that hurts too. Till you get there, yeah. like, <laughs> but that hurts too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to go lay down, but that hurts too. That is so true. <laughs> like you don't even know oh, yeah. where you need to go. Oh yeah, and to bring okay. up Nate Robinson again, what Ty brought up real quick. Um, that, you, you're seeing a guy who trained in, in uh, what was his name, Logan Paul, I guess, trained for three years essentially. Three years. And he's, Nate, he's already had a pro fight and his started yep. three years ago. Three years, and Nate Robinson trained for three months. The, and Nate Robinson was a smaller guy. That's what when that fight was made, when that fight was made, I said, you know what? I said, you know what? I said, well, I said, Jake Paul's been training for for about three years now, and Nate Robinson is now just starting to train. I said, maybe Nate knows something that I don't know. And no, he didn't. He didn't know anything I didn't know. In fact, I knew something he didn't know. I knew something he didn't know. He didn't need to be in the ring with Jake Paul. Everybody now. Yeah, well, and I saw Nate. I mean, Nate got in one NBA fight where somebody swung and he ducked under him and scooped him up. Um, what I say about this is, and I'm gonna give all credit, uh, all credit to Nate. Nate's tough because Nate he oh, got knocked God, down yeah. three times if I'm correct. He got every time he got knocked down, he got up and kept trying to rush and do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, he didn't quit. He didn't quit. He, he didn't and quit. he kept it running face his first plan at all. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't stop. Like, you know, usually if you run face first into a wall, you'd be like, you know what, I'm going to stop running into that wall. Nate was like, nah, yeah. the only way to win is to keep running into the wall. And damn it, he did. Ball ran into him. Oh, boy, did it run into him. <laughs> well, guys, we're right at the end of our hour here. And uh, Bob, I want to thank you again for – for having a taking a, a nice portion of the show tonight uh, helped us out a lot. Uh, Ty and Zito always always pleasure talking both to both of you both on and off the uh, air. But, uh, and, and always, uh, God, I, I, I can't uh, thank you enough for everything you do for the show. Um, so, uh, uh, and Dr. Chris uh, will be back next week. Uh, we had him on. We had him on the Wednesday night show. Uh, we were trying to get a hold of uh, some people to uh, talk about the, the Tyson, Tyson fight, and uh, he lit up the board. Uh, we had 37 oh, I bet you he did. <laughs> oh, my God. In fact, when he comes on next week, we got to talk about it. we got to revisit it. Just <laughs> boy, oh, boy, i got to hear that. I can't wait to hear what he says about Roy Jones, because I know that's where he's going. So, he doesn't hold you know. back call for uh, language on it, that's for sure. No, I love him. We love him. Ty, you want to lead us out? Hey, it's been a great show. Always a pleasure talking to you gentlemen. Hope you all have a safe week. Bob is our co-pilot. Coach Bell is watching over us. Take care. Z. Uh, another wonderful show. I want to thank Bob, Ty, you, Butch. These shows are definitely dedicated to Bob and Coach Bell. 
If anyone wants to hear any fighting words, please do be safe. Please call in. Guys, thank you once again. It's a pleasure. I love chatting, shooting the stuff with you guys on Saturday. Um, just, just my pleasure. God bless everybody. Happy Thanksgiving and, and going to the holidays and be safe, everybody. Yeah, I want to uh, also want to play plug the uh, Bob G handyman uh, bathroom fixer, uh, garden maker, and uh, home ma- homemaker uh, industries in in uh, Southern California for uh, being on with us. So the. <laughs> He was making fun of me because I'm a trophy husband and I'm bored. I'm looking for stuff to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want to thank everybody for being on tonight. It's it's always a pleasure to be with uh, with you guys and spread uh, spread some joy. I know it all comes back to two guys that uh, one that started this show and one that started life for everybody, um, and one who who really tied us all together, and that would be uh, Coach Mel. And Bob, so uh, we appreciate everything they did for us, and uh, we, we appreciate everything you guys do. Ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, men and women of police and fire services, and the men and women of the health industry, who are really the health heroes. Uh, please, when you're out there, wear a mask. Uh, please stay socially distanced. And if you live in California, uh, our our deepest regrets were when they shut down the tower on you for day, day and a half because of the Santa Ana winds. Um, these programs are dedicated to those who lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Batinger, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childress, San Diego Officer Mike Hendler, Lieutenant Mike Zerber, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman and Officer Crispin, Lakeland PD, Chief Al Hogle, Longwood Key, Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Highway Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township, PA Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant Mike Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department. Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Department. Patrolman Robert Germain, Winnemere, Florida Police Department. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department, Hillsborough County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Kotloff, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia, Fire, Philadelphia Police Department, uh, Sergeant Rodney Bond, Delaware State Police, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Artith Hope, Wilmington Fire Department, FDLE Special Inspector Vinny Galaccio, Delaware State Trooper Corporal Stephen Bauer, uh, uh, Kissimmee Patrol Officer Matt Baxter, Kissimmee Patrol Sergeant Sam Howard, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Bill Gentry, Highland County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Clay Zerbin, Clay County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Natalie Corona, L.A. County Sheriff's Department, Deputy April Rodriguez, Pasco County Sheriff's Department, Officer Bob McKetchen, Biloxi, Kentucky Police Department, and Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol. My brothers and sisters, although you may be maybe 10-7 at this point, at some time we'll be 1010 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the roads rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields. The sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your family always in the hallow of his hands. Good night. God bless everybody. And please have a safe week. <laughs> Shem Ahed 